Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 148 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, and in today's episode, I'm gonna be talking all about how to get featured in your business. So whether that's getting featured on podcasts, getting involved in press, maybe collaborating with other business owners or brands, it's something I've experienced a fair bit of in my business, and I've actually been on both sides of the equation. So I thought it might be interesting to share a little bit from my experience of kind of how to do it, maybe some tips, things to look out for so that if features is something that you want more of in your business, you can have a better idea of how to generate that. Now, I'm guessing I don't have to spell it out for you of why features can be great for your business, but just as a little run through before we get into the episode, say the first benefit of having features is that it brings more exposure to your business. You know, typically it exposes you to a new audience. It allows more people to find out about you. And obviously that is a great thing when you're wanting more people to not only join your own social platforms and connect with your business, but also to then become aware of your products and services and move through your buyer's journey. So it can be really beneficial at that kind of top of funnel or very first stage of that buyer's journey in helping people to first find you because it's speaking to people that don't already know you via whichever platform or person you are featured with. Say another benefit of features is it adds a bit of social proof. It's the reason why on people's websites or in their Instagram bios, they say, you know, featured in Forbes, Business Insider, The Times. It's because it backs up their credibility. It's a little bit like a referral. If you're being featured by a brand or a business that are credible and somebody respects who you've been featured with, they're gonna transfer a little bit of that respect over to you. And whilst I don't think you have to have features in your business to be credible and trustworthy, I do think they can help. And I've definitely noticed that in my business as I've been featured over the years. Um, And I'd say the third benefit to being featured is it's good fun. Like it's just quite a cool part of business, you know, being able to collaborate with other people, being able to work with and meet other people. I mean, hello, business can get a bit lonely. It's quite nice to meet others. And it's always a little bit surreal, isn't it? I remember my first ever podcast feature. I slightly lost my mind when I saw myself on someone else's podcast on Spotify. And more recently, um, I was really lucky. Well, lucky's the wrong word, because as you'll learn in this episode, you got to take the action to generate the result. But I was fortunate um, to get a feature in the Times and seeing my face in the Times. I mean, I didn't actually know it was going to be in the physical newspaper, but both my sets of grandparents have cut it out and put it on their fridges, bless them, um, was quite a surreal moment. And, you know, I don't run my business for moments like that. You know, my own measures of success aren't about being featured, but it is pretty cool. Um, And if you follow me over on Instagram, you'll also know there's quite a funny story um, of a guy that I was talking to on Hinge, finding said Times article um, and then discovering my whole online presence. So I might go and make a highlight of that over on Instagram if you want to explore more. But all in all, features can be great for business, but I appreciate like how do you generate them? You know, our own marketing, that's very much within your own control. You want to put Instagram content out? Well, you create the strategy and post it. You want to host your own podcast, great. Figure out all the details and then make it happen. 
you want to get featured with someone else, well, there's a slightly less obvious set of actions that you can take to get there. Now, there's absolutely no kind of magic formula to get features in your business, but definitely noticed over the years some kind of do's and don'ts and things that from experience of being on both sides of this, you know, a lot of people pitch to be on this podcast and obviously I pitch to be involved in other things that might be helpful to share with you. So let's get into it. Here is an episode on how to get featured in your business. I'm so excited to let you know that this episode has been created in partnership with Penfold, the pension provider for those who are self-employed, aka us business owners. As you know, the financial side of running a business is something I've been on a journey with. A few years ago, I was burying my head in the sand and I had no systems in place. And now I've got organized finances and peace of mind that my money is working hard for me. A big part of what helped me get from A to B was starting a Penfold pension. I remember it clearly. I was sat on my sofa when a friend tweeted me a link to Penfold asking if I'd considered getting a pension. And the honest answer was no. I was 21 at the time. Surely I didn't need to be thinking about a pension. And then I realized as someone who is so intentional about taking action for my future self in every other area of business, why wasn't I doing it with my finances? Penfold appealed to me for two main reasons. First of all, it's so simple. The sign-up process took a couple of minutes and was so much easier than I'd expected. Plus, they've got a calculator which tells you how much you should be putting in each month. And secondly, the contributions are flexible. As we know, income can fluctuate when you run a business and Penfold gets that. You can put in as much or as little as you want, pausing or topping up when needed. Plus, if you've got previous pensions, Penfold's friendly team of experts can help you find it and get them all in one place. Starting my pension is one of the best financial decisions I've made. And every time I see it being topped up, I feel a little bit more smug about my future self enjoying a G&T on me. To start your Penfold pension today and kick off the financial year strong, head to getpenfold.com forward slash refer forward slash Alice Benham, or just click the link in the show notes and you'll get £25 put into your pension pot when you make your first deposit to help you get started. With pensions, as with all investments, your capital is at risk and the value can go both up and down. But what are you waiting for? Get your Penfold pension started today and happy saving. I appreciate the topic of getting featured in business is a pretty broad one because what that includes is, you know, getting featured on other people's podcast episodes, maybe doing collaborative Instagram lives, getting involved in and featured with press, collaborating with other business owners, working with or getting sponsored by brands. There's a lot of different things that that can mean. And I just want to put a bit of a disclaimer out before I get into this episode that I am not a press and PR coach. That element of getting featured, I would say involves a whole strategy within itself. I did some coaching earlier this year um, with a press and kind of PR expert. Now, truth be told, I haven't implemented it yet just because, hello, things are so full on, cannot make the time, or I should say I'm not prioritizing the time because we all have the time, we're just not making it. But I have learned that, but I'm not gonna be sharing that within this episode because first of all, that's not my direct direct experience and expertise. If you're keen to hear more about press in particular, perhaps I could get that expert on and have a conversation. But what I will be sharing within this episode is I guess from a more organic perspective, based on what I've seen has worked for me and what has also worked for kind of clients and friends that I've been in contact with, how you can begin to be generating a mix of all of those things in your business. And I guess from a kind of broader standpoint, 
How can you get the right activity going on in your business so that you're in a position to be attracting those opportunities in? Or if you are pitching yourself for those opportunities, you're in the best position to do that. Now, this is something that I've been on both sides of because I've obviously got this podcast. I've got my own kind of audience and platform. And as a result of that, I get a fair few pitches each week of people either wanting to be on the podcast, wanting to do some kind of work together. And let me tell you, I have never learned so quickly the do's and don'ts of pitching than by just getting pitches myself. And I'm gonna share some of those later on in this episode, but I've been on that side, but I'm obviously also on the other side because I'm a brand and a business within myself and I get these features in my business. So let's get into this episode. Enough disclaimering and blabbering away. I'm gonna share three tips for getting your business to a place where these features are gonna be right for you and are gonna naturally come in. And then finish off with talking about when you are pitching and reaching out, some kind of do's and don'ts and how I would suggest you go about that. So starting off with tip number one, which is to identify what you want to generate and then go relationship first. I love in business, the idea of reverse engineering things. You know, the idea of setting big picture vision and then setting yearly intentions and then breaking those down into quarterly goals and then thinking about your weekly action, that is reverse engineering because you're starting with the end result. You're starting with where you wanna be and then you're just thinking, right, so what do I have to then be doing now in order to get towards that? And I think when you're wanting to get more features in your business, this is the best way to go about it because first of all, it means that you're gonna be getting the right features which are gonna be a fit for your business and talk about that in the next tip but second of all it's going to mean that you can go in relationship first going in cold if you're wanting to pitch for something if you're wanting to reach out or suggest some kind of collaboration can be really tricky and speaking from the other side of it when I already have a relationship with someone you know I already recognize their name I feel a good way when I see their name pop up in my inbox there's a familiarity there I'm so much more likely to be receptive to and interested in whatever it is that they're pitching to me and even if they're not pitching to me if I'm already aware of someone and I've got something in mind that I want someone to get involved in they're gonna be on my radar because I'm already aware. So I'd encourage you to start by questioning, what features do you actually want? You know, I listed some of them earlier. Is it about for you getting featured on podcasts? Is it about press? Is it about collaborations? Is it about sponsorships? If all of those sound good to you, consider what is important for your business right now. You know, each of those brings something different to your business. So think about, right, getting featured on a podcast, what would that help? Okay, that would get me exposed to their audience. That would kind of give a bit of credibility to my name because it would show that other people trust my expertise. Okay, collaborating with or getting sponsored by a brand. All right, I guess that brings income into the business. That's quite a cool thing. You know, diversifies my income streams as well. That's maybe gonna get me exposed to a totally new audience if maybe it's a corporate brand or they're not at all in the circles that I'm in. So think about each of those options and consider which result that they give you is gonna align best with what it is that you want from your business. Now, I'm not saying you only have to be focusing on getting one type of feature at a time, but I am aware just from experience that when business is full on, it's a little bit easier when you've got a clearer vision of what it is that you're actually trying to work towards. So identify the brands, the individuals, the opportunities that you want to be creating these partnerships with 
and then start building that relationship. Something Emily and I talk about a fair bit is flirting over social media. And I don't mean that in a weird way. I mean that in a relationship building way. To be completely transparent, this sponsorship of this podcast with the brilliant, brilliant Penfold, which I have to say has been the most incredible first sponsorship to do. They have been so brilliant and you guys have responded to it so well and I'm just so grateful in all the ways. But this sponsorship came about because a year ago, Emily and I sat down and we said, right, we wanna get sponsorship for the podcast because we want that to be an income stream because we wanna be collaborating with people that are outside of the circles that we're in. So what did we do? We identified our ideal sponsors and I started connecting with them. Or if you wanna say it this way, I started flirting with them. I figured out where they were showing up online. I figured out who was behind the businesses and I built genuine relationship. Now, is that a slower way to get these kind of partnerships? Absolutely, but in my experience, has that led not only to an experience that has felt really value-driven and not at all icky, but also an end partnership that just feels really aligned 100%. I spent almost a year building relationship with the brand before it got to a point where the partnership was possible. And in my experience, although I am gonna talk in this episode about pitching for opportunities, getting organic features and collaborations, I would say is just like the best way to do it because you haven't necessarily got to put in a huge amount of work. If you have some kind of ick and fear around putting yourself out there, you don't necessarily have to do that. And what I'd say is that then the features that do come in are so aligned to your message, to your values and to what you do. And I'm gonna talk about that in a second. So tip number one, identify what it is that you want to generate and go relationship first. Spend some time. I mean, it doesn't have to be a year. That's very dramatic of me. Spend some time, even if it's just a week before you put your pitch to someone, building that relationship and do that from a genuine and authentic place. I talked about this when I shared five tips for starting and growing your business. When you're building relationship, be in it for the right reasons. If you are building relationships solely because of a kind of strategic end goal that you've got, I mean, I bet you're gonna feel pretty icky putting in that relationship building work. It's likely not gonna be very sustainable. And I think because it doesn't come from the right place, what's to say that that feature actually is the best fit for you and for your business? The best features are gonna be with brands and businesses and individuals that you genuinely wanna connect with. You know, that their message and what they do really does resonate with you and you really love everything that they're about. So be genuine in that relationship building. It's gonna show through. It's gonna be easier to build relationship when it comes from a genuine place. And if you can, try not to go in cold. Take a bit of time building that relationship and then you're gonna be in such a better position to then explore partnerships from that place. Moving on to tip number two, which I've mentioned a little bit already, would be to ensure that those that you're partnering with, whether it's a brand, a business, an individual, ensure that your values and your message align. The best features for your business are gonna be ones where the two people involved, yourself and the other, whatever, align. And what I'm talking about here is aligning in terms of message, aligning in terms of values, and aligning in terms of audience. 
Now, what I'm not saying here is only get featured with brands, businesses, individuals who are exactly like you, because I mean, what's the benefit in that? You know, if their audience is exactly the same as yours, not a huge amount of benefit in that. Because as I said at the start, one of the biggest benefits to features is that it brings in exposure and audience growth. So I'm not talking about them being a cookie cutter replica, but what I am talking about is you having common ground. If your message aligns with theirs, maybe there's some overlap between what you do, it is gonna fit in so much better for both of your audiences. If my first sponsor on this podcast was, I don't know, a gardening brand, because the message doesn't align and the audience looks very different, you guys would have found it really jarring. It wouldn't have actually been impactful. You guys wouldn't have taken the action to go and buy the latest trousers and spades. They probably wouldn't have had much benefit from it as a result. I would have probably felt a little bit weird doing it because I knew it didn't align. And that's where making sure that your values, your message and your audience align is so key because it's gonna make for the most impactful feature. So when you're doing that work of identifying what features you want to generate and what people and brands you might wanna build relationship with in order to get those, consider really carefully who it is that you are wanting to be featured by. Consider how much it makes sense for your businesses to be working together. You know, I'd say when you're working with another brand or another person, what they are doing is a reflection of you. If they're doing stuff that you really don't agree with and you really don't think is right, you are almost endorsing that you think that's okay by having that partnership in place. Now. The time where I'd say this isn't relevant is when you're getting featured in press because I'm, again, this is probably a whole nother episode within itself talking about press in more detail, but you know, do my values fully align with the times or do my values probably fully align with, I don't know, Business Insider was another feature. Maybe not because those are huge organizations and it's not so much a reflection on me as to kind of where I'm getting that feature placed. But I think definitely if you're looking at being sponsored by a brand, you know, collaborating with a business, getting featured on a podcast or another platform, when it's those opportunities, you do want to think really carefully. How do both of your businesses align? How do you have messages that complement each other, values that sit in a similar way, audiences that are gonna be interested in whatever it is that you are creating on both sides. This is a good thing to keep in mind when you're being approached as well. If you're not going out to pitch for stuff, but instead it's coming into you, before you jump in and say yes, and I know because I've been there and you just wanna immediately be like, yes, I'm in, let's go. Take a moment to consider does this align? Does this feel like a good fit? For me, there's a little bit of gut instinct there. And I think, right, how does this feel? You know, let me go and have a look if I'm not already familiar at what they do. Let me ask some friends that do know of them. Hey, what are they like? Should I trust this? You know, just get a feel for who it is that you're getting this feature with. For me, part of my uh, policy around diversity and inclusion is that any feature that I get, I ask the question of are people like me already being overrepresented in whatever space I'm about to show up in? You know, I'm white, I'm able-bodied, I'm cis, I'm heterosexual. Am I being represented already? And by saying yes to this, Am I taking the space of someone who could bring a different or a diverse perspective or experience? 
Those kind of questions are really gonna serve you in making sure that those features are aligning, especially on the topic of values. So tip number two, ensure that it aligns in terms of message, in terms of values, and in terms of audience, because the more those things align, the more impactful the feature is going to be. And I speak that from absolute experience. Tip number three would be to ensure that your online presence shows what you can bring. Now, all of my features, uh, being on podcasts, being in press, getting sponsorship for this podcast, collaborating with other businesses, they have all happened organically from relationships. Now, I'm not saying that that's the right way to do it, Could I probably be getting more and better features if I put active time into it and I pitched? Absolutely. Hence why I hired a PR coach, although I now need to implement that. Um, What I am saying here is you don't have to be actively pitching if your content is doing it for you. I haven't got those features out of thin air. You know, that's not just luck or being in the right place at the right time. Now, sometimes there's an element of that, but What has been a common denominator in every single one of those opportunities is that my online presence has really shown them what I can bring and why they might wanna collaborate with me. So what I mean by this is thinking about how your social media and how your website can really clearly reflect you and the opportunities that you can be open to based off of what you share and what you're about. So on your social media, make sure that you're getting your message, your experiences, your perspective out there, especially when people are wanting to get you involved in press or in a podcast, they are picking you because your perspective is unique, because they are interested in giving a platform to whatever it is that you have to bring. Now, if you're using your own platforms to get that message out there, if you're showing them that you have a voice, you have these interesting perspectives and that people are already resonating with them, that gives them such a better understanding of why they might wanna work with you and also gives a bit of social proof that you do know what you're talking about, you have got the experience of sharing that message already and people are already somewhat interested in it. So think about how your social media gives off that impression. Make sure that you are putting content out there which you feel accurately reflects who you are, what you're about, and what your passions, interests, experience, expertise, genius, all of that good stuff is. The better your online presence reflects you, the easier it's gonna be for others to see that and then want to work with you. I'd say even if you are pitching, you still want your online presence to be this great reflection. You know, when people pitch to be on the podcast, sure, the strength of their pitch is important and we'll talk about that in a second, but what I do as soon as I've read their pitch, if I'm interested, is I go and look at their Instagram or I go and look at their website or I go and listen to their podcast because that's gonna give me a much better, more accurate and more trustable, I'd say, understanding Is trustable a word? More trustworthy, there we go, trustworthy. A more trustworthy understanding of whether they are a fit and that always helps me to make that decision. So look at your social media and think, right, if I were to pitch myself for something and then they came and found me here, would this give them the right impression? You know, am I proud of how this sells me and what I can bring? And then on your website, you know, make sure that that's clearly communicating what you do as well. Your website, and this is a whole other conversation within itself, anyone that's worked with me knows that I'm such a nerd about utilizing your website and making it work hard for you. But your website should really clearly communicate what you do, who it's for, and how it works. 
I should be able to go to your website and within a couple of clicks and a couple of scrolls, really clearly understand what you do. The question I like to ask people is if you are at an event and I was chatting to you and I was like, hey, I love the sound of what you do, but oh, my train's, my train's here, I need to run. Can you show me your website? Would you feel confident that by sending me to your website, you would be communicating the who, the what, the how, the why of your business, just like you would have if my train wasn't here and you were able to speak to me for the next two to three minutes? Your website should be selling you. And if it's not, it's not going to help you to get these right features because it's not going to help people to understand you and it's not going to help them to see why they would want to feature you, work with you, sponsor you or collaborate with you. The other thing you want to make sure your website is doing, and I know this sounds really obvious, but the amount of times I don't see it is to help people get in touch. I do not know how many times I have to say this, but for the love of whatever you believe in, put your email address on your website. The amount of times I go to people's websites and all I need to find is their email address and I just cannot find it for the life of me. Now I get it, contact forms, people booking in a call, like these days that's often a better call to action. Great, someone having to fill out a contact form to get in touch with you might be the difference between you getting that feature or not because it's not always doable. You know, if I need to attach a file, if I need to CC you into another email, if I need to forward something to you, you have made it very difficult for people to get in touch if you haven't put your email address on your website. So please, just if if you haven't, head to your website, make sure your email address is in your footer, make sure that it's on your contact page, that that is all, nice and simple, make sure that people can get in touch. I know that sounds like I'm teaching you to suck eggs, but I promise when I stop seeing people not putting their emails on their websites, I will stop talking about the need for people to do it. But just make sure as a whole, your online presence, your social media, your website is reflecting you, is showing what you can bring and is making it easy for people to get in touch. And that is gonna support you absolutely in getting organic features. As I said, all of my features have come from building relationship, having a network, and then my online presence selling what I do. But it's also gonna help when you are pitching and you are putting yourself out there and making the first move. Because it's gonna mean that once you pitch, if they're keen to find more, what they find is going to help back up what you've said and hopefully sell what you do and encourage them to get involved with you. Which speaking of pitching is where I want to end this episode. This is probably what you've actually been waiting for, which is some tips around how to pitch. Now, despite the fact that I don't pitch actively right now within my business, that isn't because I don't think it's a good idea. That is solely just because of making the time and I won't lie to you, I'm a little bit lazy. So if I'm getting features and I'm not having to always pitch for them, kind of enjoying that for a little while, but I'm sure that over this year, I'm gonna bring in more active pitching. Um, And I've definitely learned a lot, as I said, from being on the other side of pitching of the kind of do's and don'ts. So I'd say once you've identified what kind of opportunities you wanna create, you know, you're making sure that those brands and businesses really align with you and you've started to build those relationships, then you can look to get your pitch out there. Now, as I said in the start, I am not gonna go into detail in pitching to press because as I learned through being coached on it, that is a whole nother strategy within itself. There are a lot of kind of details and things to know within that that I'm not gonna cover here. I'd say this is most relevant if you're wanting to pitch to be on other people's podcasts, maybe go live in other people's groups or memberships, do a collaboration, get sponsored, whatever it might be. 
These I would say would be my top three tips. Starting with tip number one, which is to communicate the value that you are going to bring. I get so many podcast pitches which focus on how the podcast feature is gonna help them. They tell me how they're really excited to be exposed to my audience and they can't wait to be on the podcast and they've always dreamed of being on it. And that's really lovely to hear, but to just put it quite bluntly, I don't really care. (laughs) I don't have people on this podcast for what it's gonna do for them. I have people on this podcast for what it's gonna do for you, my audience, and for me, my business. Now, call that self-centered or arrogant. At the end of the day, we're running businesses here. And what people need to know when you pitch is what's in it for them and why should they care. In the very first few lines of your pitch, communicate. This is the value that I am gonna bring. This is the fresh perspective that I think I can help you to cover. This is what I think I can bring to your audience and allow you to then show up with. Get really clear on the value that you will be bringing to this brand or business by being featured with them and make sure that that is communicated. Get that high up within the email, put it in bold so it's really clear. And especially if you're looking to do something like a podcast feature or a kind of live together, suggest some key topics. The easier that you can make it for them to understand what you could bring and what that would look like for their platform, the quicker they're gonna be able to make an informed decision about whether that's a good fit. I won't lie, most of the time, I don't respond to a pitch, not because it's bad necessarily, but just because I don't really understand what they're actually pitching. It's super vague. It's like, well, this is kind of what I do. And I guess we could have like some kind of conversation around this. And I get that you, you know, you don't want to box yourself in. You want to give the other person the opportunity to give you their ideas. But the likelihood is they don't have the time, the energy or the desire to work out what they could do with you. They want you to suggest that. So if you're pitching for something, give them, you know, here's three topics that I think we could cover really well, or here's three conversations that I'd really want us to have. Or if you're pitching to create something for someone, you know, here are three things that I could cover. What do you think? Do you have another idea? Or do you like these ones that I've given you? When you're pitching, tip number one, communicate the value that you'll bring. Now, tip number two, this is another big one, show them that you care and that you already know about them. As I said in the first bit of this episode, going in relationship first, I would say is always the best way to do it because you're not going in cold. They already have an awareness of you. And from the perspective of the person that's getting pitched to, it just feels so much nicer when you know there's already a bit of a relationship there because you don't feel like they're just doing it because they want a feature, but you know that it's also coming from quite an authentic place and you've already got a bit of a relationship in place. Now, perhaps you're pitching to somewhere or someone which you know you don't think they can get to know your name before you get in touch maybe it's just not realistic based off of say the size of their audience or perhaps there's not just one person behind the business well in that case make sure that in your pitch you make it personal show them that you understand them and their business show that you care and that you have an understanding of what they already do the amount of times I get a pitch and there is nothing in that email that feels unique to me or to my podcast. I've even had it a few times where people put the wrong podcast name in and it's usually one of my friend's podcasts so I know that they're pitching to multiple people at once. There's nothing wrong with putting a lot of pitches out there but make sure that each of them feel a little bit unique. Making it that little bit personal and showing that you already understand 
the person and the business that you're pitching to, it's just gonna make it so much better received. And the other thing I'd say here is don't be afraid to give a bit of a compliment. Compliments can get you far. We're all a little bit narcissistic. If you tell me that you really love my podcast, I'm gonna like you a little bit more. I'm gonna be a little bit more interested in your pitch. Now, something funny that I notice quite a lot is that people will pitch to be on a podcast and they'll just pick the most recent episode title and be like, oh, I really loved that episode you did with Rachel about uh, how to run a business when you've got a chronic illness, which side note, thank you so much for the kind words about that episode. I have passed them all on to Rachel because, oh my gosh, she just shared so, so brilliantly. And I'm so glad to hear how it's um, encouraged and supported some of you. Uh, but side note aside, uh, people will say that and then I'll reply being like, oh, what did you like about it? What was your favorite part? What was your biggest takeaway? And it's so funny because obviously then they're like, crap, I didn't listen to it. I don't actually know what it is. And they either go and listen to it and then tell me, but nine times out of 10, they then just don't reply. And I'm like, well, there you go. That, that cuts the wheat from the chaff quite easily. So if you're giving a compliment, if you're showing that you care, if you're making it personal, just make sure that again, as I said in that first tip, like it comes from an authentic place. If you genuinely love what their business is about and you genuinely love what they create, it's not gonna be hard to show that within your pitch. So tip number two, show that you care, show that you know them and make your pitch personal. And then my final tip, tip number three, get to the point and make it an easy yes. When I get sent a pitch email and I appreciate this part of the episode is just turning into my like anger management issues getting out of like, I've never expressed how frustrating some of the pitches I get here and I'm just sharing it finally with the world. Um, the amount of times those emails are just really long and waffly and I've genuinely sat there for about five minutes like, I just don't really know what you're asking of me and I don't really know what you actually want of me. It just loses me because time is precious. I don't have the energy and the time and the desire really to sit and try and figure out what someone is asking from me. And when people get in touch and it's just this super clear email of like, hey, this is me and what I do. I really love what you do because blah, blah, blah. I'd love to get involved by sharing this, this, and this. Let me know your thoughts. Here's the next steps if you want to, great. That is what I wanna see in your pitch email. I wanna be introduced to you. I wanna know the value that you can bring. Within that, I wanna know that you actually know who I am and I want you to give me a bit of a compliment. I mean, I'm just gonna own it. I like a compliment and a pitch email. And then I want you to finish off that email very clearly and just let me know what the next steps might look like. I appreciate that sometimes the desire to waffle can come from a place of, you know, maybe it feeling a little bit scary putting yourself out there and kind of wanting to give people as much information as possible. But if you're giving me three paragraphs that really broadly explain what you do and what we could talk about, I'm likely gonna end that pitch email more confused about what you actually want from me and what that could look like than I did when I started it. So get to the point and make it an easy yes. Help them to understand what it would look like to do this together. So for example, when I was pitching to, ah, oh, no, I have actually pitched because well, does it count as a pitch? When Penfold uh, wanted to sponsor the podcast, um, they said, hey, send us over an email of what that would look like. So I sent over an email, very similar structure to what I've already said. Obviously they already knew of me, so I didn't have to introduce myself. But within that pitch email, I really clearly communicated, here's what it would look like for us to do that together. It would be this many episodes, this much content, this would be the style of ad, this would be the price point, this is when it could begin. 
give as much information as you can of the how so that they can best understand if that's going to work for them and what that would look like. Now, obviously, if you're pitching to be on someone else's podcast, you don't want to be like, hey, so my availability to record this is this date. So if you're free then, then great. Like you kind of have to work on someone else's terms when it's that kind of feature, but just make easy next steps. You know, maybe you've got a calendar booking link where you could say, look, if you want to chat further, you know, I'd love to hear from you. Or if you want to book in a time to chat, you know, here's a link to do that. The clearer you can make the next steps of that, the easier it's going to be as a yes from them. Like when people are pitching for me to do stuff for them, which I guess is pitching, but the other way, I love it when the email ends with like, look, I would want to record on these specific dates. I would need you to be free for this many hours. I'd need you to travel here. I'd like it just clarity of the how I think is really helpful. So make sure that your pitch email gets to the point and make it an easy yes for them. Read your email over a good few times and think, right, can I say this in less words? Can I condense it? Is this essential information to put in there? I appreciate actually writing a shorter email is harder. You know, it's just easy to get all the thoughts out and waffle, but from experience of being on the other side of it in a fair few ways, um, make sure that you are getting to the point and making it a really easy yes on the other person's side. There's obviously no magic formula to getting exposure and getting these kind of opportunities in your business, but I do hope that this episode and kind of what I've shared has maybe given you an idea of how you can begin to generate these things in your business. It looks different for everyone. As I've said a few times, for me, it has been very much about building relationship and letting these things happen organically through my own content and my own online presence. Um, and the approach for you is probably gonna look a little bit different to that. We all have our kind of unique blend of how we do this stuff within our business. So those are my three tips for pitching. Communicate the value that you'll bring, show them that you care and that you know them and get to the point and make it an easy yes. Now, rounding up this episode, there's obviously no magic formula to getting exposure and getting these kind of opportunities in your business. But I do hope what I've shared has maybe helped you to understand what might work for you and kind of give you an idea of how you might be able to generate these things for yourself. As I said, right now, I rely solely on building relationships and having my online presence kind of sell what I do and what I could be featured with. But I'm definitely looking over this year to get a little bit more proactive with that, start doing a little bit more pitching and putting that PR coaching into practice because I really wanna get some cool press because I just think it's quite a cool thing. So if you do want me to have the PR expert that I worked with on this podcast to share more of those specific tips and insights, let me know. I'd be more than happy to do that, obviously, providing that they're happy to come on the podcast. I'm gonna have to pitch to them, flip an egg. I'm gonna listen back to this podcast for the tips. Um, but yes, one final tip actually that I would say is to have a media folder. I'm just gonna sneak this tip in at the end. What I mean by media folder is a folder on something like Google Drive, which has your headshots, your logos, your links, and your bios in it. When you're doing any kind of collaboration in business, having a media folder is gonna make your life and the other person's life 10 times easier because instead of having to email over and kind of write and pull together all these things every time you need them, you can just send someone to a folder and be like, there you go. So I've got a media folder, it's got landscape and portrait headshots, it's got all my logos, it's got links to all of my platforms and my offerings, and it's got my bios in it so that when people need that information, 
I don't have to write it out every single time and risk that I'm getting it wrong or they're not gonna get it in time because I'm just don't have the headspace. I can just send that over and it's really easy. So if you're wanting to generate features, just make sure that you've got that media folder in place and it's gonna make your life and theirs a very easy one. And it also makes you look real professional. So I would recommend doing that. But that is it for this episode. As I said, I hope you have found this valuable or interesting in some way. I'm gonna be back next week for a conversation with someone who I have been wanting to have on this podcast for so long and we just have never got around to it. So I'm so excited to share that with you. Um, I know that many of you will know of her. Um, I'm not gonna give you a hint yet as to who it is, but it's gonna be, I can already tell, such an interesting conversation to explore. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out. I'll be back in your ears next week, but until then, I hope you have a good one. Keep taking action. You got this. I am cheering you on from a distance. Mm -hmm.